When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello. Hope everyone's doing well. We were going to do the poetry thing today, start reading some poetry, but guess what? Technology wasn't cooperating, so we have to do something else. We'll, so what we're going to do today is what we were going to do on Monday. We're just reversing it. So you remember that? Number five, we are going to go over some words for the short story that we're going to read after Christ Cross. So we'll get the difficult vocabulary down about a month or two in advance, though. So these words are something that we can work with for a little while. And then when we get to the story, you'll be like, oh, I know that word now. So hope you're all doing well. This will probably take about 15 minutes, maybe a little less. But there are 15 words here, 15 words for Gingerbread Girl, short story by Stephen King. Should be pretty amazing. I've read it with, oh, I don't know, 15 classes probably throughout the years. Usually pretty popular. So let's get the, I mean, it's Stephen King. How can you go wrong? So let's get these words up here. I can make myself really small. We have an ad for a new Disney movie that's coming out. Seems like Disney's always coming out with a new movie, right? Most of them are good. I don't know about Encanto. It could be, it could be maybe Spanish. It sounds almost Italian there. Encanto. Anyways, let's worry about the words that we actually have to study here. Remember, uh, not a summative, but uh, formative. 32 points though. So uh, it can hurt your grade if you don't turn it in. So over the next couple days, hopefully you'll be watching this a couple times and filling this out. And of course, if you need any help, I'm here. But the first one is palmetto. Palmetto. And there's a picture here. It's just, you know, it's a small palm tree. We don't have them growing here in Maine because it is far too cold. But if you ever go to South Carolina, I do recommend it. It's a pretty cool state. When I used to go there, there was a very inexpensive gas, very cheap gas, 97 cents a gallon. But South Carolina is the palmetto state. And you might see some palmetto trees. Gingerbread Girl takes place in Florida. So you'll definitely see some palmetto trees in Florida. The next one is invariably. Invariably. And it means always, without changing. So invariably. It will snow this winter, right? I mean, it's, it's Maine. I mean, each winter, it seems like we get less and less snow, but invariably it will snow. Maybe not until January, but it always snows, invariably snows. Um, man, it seems like, let me, just, let me just rant here for a second, although I don't think it happened yesterday, but it seems like during class, we will invariably be interrupted invariably be interrupted by announcements, right? 
it was just a pitcher retake. I was a little upset that day. But hopefully they – I don't think um, we were interrupted at all yesterday. But it seems like invariably we'll be up, interrupted. And invariably I'll get upset over the interruption. So it's just – it's going to happen. It's bound to happen invariably. Um, I don't know. It seems like over the winter, right? Invariably, like, someone will get sick. A lot of you are watching, I hope, at home, following right along with class. I know most of you aren't sick. You just you just had to quarantine for a little while. Can't wait till you get back, but I hope everyone's feeling well if you're not here. And even if you are here, I hope you're feeling well, invariably, invariably. Next one, scroll down a little bit past this ad. Sheaf. Sheaf. This is a word that you won't see all that much, but think of it as like a bundle so oftentimes like a sheaf of hay, it'll be something, there's like some string that ties a bunch of things together. And you'll often hear it like on the farm. Um, yeah, hay, grain. I think though, I mean, just because of Stephen King, a sheaf of hair, he says, a sheaf of hair, which if you think of like grain or hay, hair, I mean, I, I don't have much on the top of my head anymore, but if uh, somebody has long hair, you know, it could be a sheaf of hair. And spoiler alert, if I remember correctly, it's a, a sheaf of hair that is hanging out of somebody's trunk. So a tie, a bundle of hair, like somebody's long hair in somebody's trunk. But we'll get to that later. The next one, let me make it a little bigger so you can see it, is peripheral. Not an easy word to say, just like invariably. Peripheral, peripheral. It means on the edge. And you can see there is a person, their eyes are right here. And we almost often talk about, you know, your peripheral vision. You see something just on the, out of the corner of your eye. We call that your peripheral vision. If you, a lot of you will be driving soon. Scary thought. But a lot of you will be driving, you know, practicing maybe as early as uh, next year, like as a freshman. So this time next year, you know, if you're turning 15, which I know some of you will be. Somebody just had a birthday yesterday. I won't embarrass her on, you know who you are, November 3rd. Um, invariably, wait, no, we're not doing invariably. But invariably, many of you will be driving soon. And then uh, hopefully you have really good peripheral vision. So you can see things out the corner of your eye, just in case, you know, people walking by, you don't want to have tunnel vision. That's the opposite of peripheral vision. You don't want to have tunnel vision and just see what's in front of you. You want to be able to see what's on the side of you. And we would call that peripheral. You could use it with a building or a person like um, um, the basketball courts or on the uh, peripheral of the school, like on the side of the school, peripheral. Not easy to say. Next one. Come on now. This is basically review. Basically review. Right now, hopefully you've already taken vocabulary quiz number four, because then you'll know simultaneous. Same thing here. Simultaneously. Simultaneously. You might hear that a bit more often. Let's make it big. Happening at the same time. So it looks like that picture there, that, is that a kid? It looks like it might be a kid. Well, he is, oh, I thought that was uh, 
It's just two water bottles. So he is drinking from two water bottles simultaneously. I thought that was ketchup and mustard. I thought that he was pouring ketchup and mustard into his mouth simultaneously. Simultaneously. Um, let's get like super boring here. And you may already say, wow, this is, this is boring already. Well, I hope you're not saying that. Please don't say it out loud. That would hurt my feelings. But let's talk about what adverbs do. Simultaneously is an adverb. And so it describes like what verbs are doing. Real short definition there. It does some other things. But um, if you're doing something, you can do it simultaneously at the same time. So it describes verbs. Yeah, you can do something simultaneously. Um, you know, what I do quite a bit, I think I encourage you to, if, if it works for you, only if it works, but uh, music, I find it kind of calming. So a lot of times I will do my work while simultaneously listening to music. So a couple ways to use that. Maybe you might see that on the quiz. That's a good example. I might use one of those on a quiz simultaneously. The next one, preceded, preceded. Um, oftentimes, I mean, the first thing that popped into my mouth, my mind for this one, it actually talks uh, uh, about death. Oh, a sad subject. But preceded, it means came before. So let's say, um, unfortunately, you know, let's say they're in their 90s. Older couple, man and a woman, okay, older couple. The way it works is usually the, the man goes first, right? Men just don't live as long as, as women on average. So if the guy dies before the woman in this couple, it might say like when the woman dies, you might say that she was preceded by her husband. So like he went first. So in this school, on a little bit happier note, unless you think school's not happy, which you might think that. You might hate school, right? Possibly. It's middle school. Not many people like it. Um, but in this school, um, class B precedes class C. So comes before. Hope that makes sense. Oh, the next one. Arduous. Arduous. Let's make this a little bigger. We can check out the definition. Hard to do. Requiring much effort. If something is arduous, it's hard to do. I hope watching this video right now, we're, we're at 10 minutes. I hope this is not arduous. It's hard to do. I hope it's kind of relaxing. You're getting some information. I hope it's not too boring. But a lot of times when something is boring, it's, it's even harder. So you could call it arduous. I hope the work in here isn't that arduous. I hope I've prepared you enough for the work so that when you do it, you're like, eh, it's not that bad. Not that bad. That's what these videos are, are designed to do. You get the information, and then when you get the assessment, it makes it a little bit easier, not as arduous. But I can imagine, like, um, my father uh, worked construction, right? He did a lot of digging. A lot of times the machine would help him. But, you know, sometimes you got to get out there and dig. That, that's arduous work. Um, I think teaching it can be arduous work. It's not physically hard, but mentally, you know, being a student right now, middle school, it could be arduous. You have, uh, what, five classes. 
can be pretty arduous. Another word that's not easy to say, arduous. All right, the next one. If you read any Stephen King at all, he loves this word, and uh, actually, so do I. But it's guttural. Guttural. Let's look at the definition. Produced in the throat, harsh, rasping, throaty. A lot of times, Stephen King, a lot of people die in Stephen King books, right? A lot of times they die in horrific ways. Uh, or, or Stephen King movies, if you've watched any movies. Uh, but there will often be like a guttural sound as someone is punched or worse, you know, a guttural sound. It's a sound that comes deep within the throat, almost like the gut, like the gut. It has nothing to do with gut, I don't think. But uh, it has more to do with the, the throat or the, maybe the gullet. Sometimes I don't want to make this too confused. I don't think it has anything to do with gullet either. But if that helps you remember, uh, I think for some animals, like their throat is called their gullet. Maybe from people too. But uh, if that helps you, guttural. It comes deep within a guttural noise. It's a good word to know. Good word to know. Another good word to know, especially for this time of year, because it is getting cold. When I woke up this morning, I think it was 24 degrees. So if you have a wood stove at your house, you might also have kindling, kindling. And you can see the definition right here, dry sticks of wood used to start a fire. So you can't put, you might know this from having a campfire or whatever, or if you have a, a wood stove at home, you can't just put the whole big chunks of wood in the stove at first. They, they'll never burn. Even if you put newspaper in there, you got to put the little dry sticks of, of wood in there first. They're more likely to catch on fire. And those dry sticks we call kindling. Really great for starting a fire. Kindling wood. Kindling wood. Next one. Premonition. Premonition. I hear some people in the next room. I hope you don't. Being very loud. Maybe I need to uh, move. Maybe I'll move seats. Let's see. Let's do it. Let's move seats. I'll move to the back of the room. I don't want to say who's making some noise back there, but you might know who's back there. Let's go right here. How's the lighting? Oh, man. There's a shine on my forehead. I wish I had more hair up there, but I don't. All right. Maybe I'll sit right here. What's the next one? Premonition. Premonition. Um, if you have ever seen the word pre, well, it's not a word, but the, the prefix pre you might know what pre means. Do you? Pre? I'm, I'm hoping you're watching this for the quiz. So like you're preparing for the quiz. Pre. Pre-read, maybe. You know, a lot of times we pre-read the questions before we actually, how's this? Quite the glare. But pre means before. Pre means before. So a premonition Anytime you see pre at the beginning of a word, like a prefix, prefix, it means before. So a pregame, before you play the game, you might do some warm-ups. You might do some stretching or something like that. Coach might give you a pep talk during the pregame. A premonition, pronounced just a little bit differently there, but uh, it's a forewarning uh, feeling that something bad is about to happen. Okay, it's a premonition. You can see this person has a crystal ball. 
Well, you don't need a crystal ball to have a premonition, but it might help. If you're reading a Stephen King book, the minute you start reading, you should have a premonition, like something bad is going to go down, right? Almost inevitably, invariably, uh, bad things happen in Stephen King books. That's why we read them. We like to, to learn the bad things. But you might just wake up. I hope you didn't have a premonition. That uh, and it's always bad, right? It's always bad. It's never like uh, you have a thought that good things are going to happen. You have a premonition. It's like um, bad things. Well, in the definition, it doesn't say bad, but it's almost it's invariably bad. It's almost always bad. Uh, but you might have a premonition that uh, something bad's going to happen. It's just like uh, you know, you get that funny feeling. Mm. Maybe you woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Like, uh, today's going to be a bad day. But I do this to myself all the, all, all the time. I lie to myself. I say, hey, today's going to be a great day. And guess what? I believe that lie. And guess what? It's usually a pretty good day. All right. Hope that helps. Premonition. Premonition. The next one, sterile. Oh, we know this probably pretty well after the whole COVID thing. But you want the hospital to be sterile. Um, ideally, you want your desk to be pretty sterile. But we would only use this for like super clean places, most likely a hospital room, a doctor's office. So you can see that person washing their hands, sterile. I can guarantee you that probably after the first couple classes, you know, there's just so many of us in the same room that uh, classrooms are not a sterile environment now. Hopefully your hospital room, like I, you wouldn't even call your bedroom sterile. It's like super over the top clean. Keep it to like hospital rooms and doctor's offices. How about that? Uh, you could have hopefully the needle you're using to get the shot. You want that thing to be sterile. You know, you don't want the needle to be injecting any germs into your, to your body. So sterile. Next one is gate gate. Look at the, how many more do we have? Oh, we don't have many more. Okay. This is going a bit long. This might be a 20 minute one, but we do have 15 words. So the next one is gate. That's the way a person or an animal walks. You can see this person. Uh, they have a, I would say they have a long stride or a long gate. And it looks like, I don't even know if that's a dog that man is walking, but looks like a hamster. What is that thing? Hedgehog. No, I don't know. It's probably a dog. But a lot of times, if you um, ever let me make that a little bigger, I don't know if um, you ever watch like a dog show. There's a tradition my family has on Thanksgiving. We'll watch the dog show. And they often talk about the dog's gait, how it walks. All right. Hopefully that's a good one. Hopefully not too bad. Feral. Feral. It is. Wild, savage, untamed. The most common way I hear feral is with cats. So if the cat doesn't have a home and it's out hunting every night, you might call it a feral cat. If you try to pet that cat, it might scratch the crap out of you. So um, very sad, but and luckily very rare. But there have been some cases of feral children. It's pretty scary, but some major abuse has gone on 
like there was a girl um, found, I almost think it was in the city of Philadelphia, but basically her parents, like some of the most extreme abuse ever. And they kept her in a closet for like until she was 13, until she was rescued from this house. You know, she had very little contact with people. I think they fed her food, just kind of dropped in the closet. She didn't see light. Um, so she never, I don't believe she ever acquired language, a feral child. I don't think she ever was able to speak. Um, I think her gait was not the normal gait of a person. I think she walked on all fours. I could be wrong. I did a little research on her when I was younger and it was just a fascinating topic. It's so sad, but you can't have feral cats. I think that's where you'll hear it most of the time. And then unfortunately there is something called uh, feral children, but luckily I can only think of like five or six times it's happened. I think one time in France it was like a, a boy dumped in the woods and somehow he survived yeah but he was older uh when he he was found i think he was dumped in the woods maybe when he was five and he was found when he was like 13 or something like that feral children there's the thought if you don't acquire language by a certain age you never will acquire language there's something in our brains when we're younger at a very young age but anyways uh sad topic counterproductive is the next one counterproductive so it's actually having the opposite effect of something it's like better if you didn't do it at all got a real quick story here as we go on to the 21 minute mark um i tried to fix my refrigerator a couple weekends ago and it didn't work i made it worse it was actually better if I didn't touch the thing at all, it was leaking a little bit of water. So I watched a YouTube video, thought I could fix it, actually made it worse. So the fact that I tried to fix my fridge, it was counterproductive. It leaks more now. So I'm pretty sure we need a new fridge. So think about that. It's better if you don't do it at all. It's counterproductive. So let's say there was some research that came out. You know, we start school at 7.15. Maybe research comes out and says, you know what? If we start at 6.15, students will do better in school. Well, we try it out. And if students do worse, well, starting an hour earlier, that would have been counterproductive. Yeah, so counterproductive. And the last thing, you might see this on a, um, what do we call those things? Submarines? Submarines? It's a periscope. See this boy right here? Maybe a... This person, I don't want to assume a gender. It looks like a boy, but maybe not a boy. This uh, young child, maybe I don't want to assume his age either. Maybe this is actually an older person, and then they just look young. This person right here is looking through a periscope. Yeah, so um, I can't really, well, I can't really point to it, can I? You can't see me point to it, no. But um, they're looking at something uh, below, but they're actually seeing something like way above them. So periscopes work best on a submarine probably you're under the water but the periscope allows you to see above the water how about that 23 minutes man that's a lot of time to listen to one person so hopefully let me give me hopefully that was helpful hopefully you watch this a couple times you become an expert at these words when you take the quiz you will uh invariably crush it all right